Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. Wow, you have like your radio voice on. Oh, I wasn't really even trying. It must be when I hold a microphone, my silky smooth voice comes out. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Folks, thank you for being back here for another episode of the Now That We're a Family podcast. And today's kind of a special edition of the podcast because we're actually videoing this episode. Yeah, so it, this is going to be going up on my YouTube channel because I asked these questions on Instagram initially as a YouTube Q&A, and then we got to thinking this would be a great podcast idea for Valentine's Day, and we're kind of diving into all things marriage and relationships. Yeah. Well, the marital relationship. Right. Not all things relationships. Correct. That's pretty big. Um but yeah, for you guys on video, Elisha and I will probably be looking a lot at each other. And that is because that is what we do when we record podcasts. We need to pick up on each other's cues. Yeah. <laughs> so. so if you want to see the video of this podcast, it's on Katie's YouTube channel, which is Now That I'm a Mother on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> and this is kind of just the behind the scenes here footage. We aren't making a real fancy video. Nope. I don't think we know how to make a real fancy video. So <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Well, as Katie already alluded to, today is a Q&A, which I'm really excited about. Katie uh, asked some people, well, yeah, you asked your, your followers on Instagram if there was any particular questions that they had for us, and we got a bunch of responses. That was fun. Yes, it was fun, and it's a little intimidating looking at these questions. It is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the nice thing is, is that... I hope you folks know that we're not speaking as like the ultimate voice of authority on any of these subjects. I think we are. I think out of all the world, we're the ultimate source of authority. I hope not. On marriage relationships. I don't know if I can handle that pressure. Uh, but that said, we are going to share some fun stories and just regarding our own experience and what we've gone through in our, you know, first three years of marriage. Um, because we've gone through, we've gone through a few things. Yeah. A few things. It's been fun. Uh, so Katie, should we just dig into these questions? Yeah. Okay. I'll do the first one. I have my notes right here. Okay. And this is, do you think both parents should contribute to newborn wakings before the baby sleeps through the night? Wow. I think I wrote that question down wrong, but basically whoever was asking it was saying, should both parents get up with the baby? Yeah. When you've got a newborn. Yes. Yeah. And they're not sleeping through the night yet. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Well, of course. Okay. That's not fair to have me go first, the husband. Uh, you know, what's interesting is that with both of our children so far, uh, you've been the, the provider of their food and their care in the middle of the night when they get up, but I've slept terribly throughout their, throughout their infant stage. And it's not because their crying's keeping me up or it's not because I'm getting myself up to help with the feedings. 
it's just simply because I think it's stress related. Uh, I don't know if it's just like the weight and the and there's new anxiety that I have because of a new <laughs> child or a new person in our home, but I've not slept well at all. And I think that's made it so that you never want me to get up. Yes. You're like, no, stay in bed. Like you need to keep, you need to try to sleep. You need to keep sleeping because it affects our whole family when I'm deprived yes. of sleep. Um, and so from my experience and from our experience, I don't know what you should do. All I know is that I have not gotten up. Um, and I, I mean, I've got, I've done it a few times when it's not like food related, when the baby's not hungry or that won't help. Yeah. The baby. Like when we can't get the baby to go to bed and it's two in the morning and I'm pride. Yeah. I'll like, I've definitely been around. like, can you just go walk them? Yeah. But I think there's no should here. I don't think it's like, should you, should you not? I, someone gave us advice right before we had Leon our first and said, oh, you know what was really bonding for me and my wife and for the baby and, you know, all three of them was the mom would nurse and then the dad would walk the baby around and burp and then the mom would nurse again and the dad would walk the baby around and burp. And in my mind, I'm going, if I'm not sleeping and you're not sleeping, then who's going to have energy the next day, right? right? So for Elisha and I, I don't like that idea at all. He can't, I breastfeed, so... Elisha can't do that job. So to me, when you're up, it doesn't make any sense. And I know some parents try to split this 50-50 or, you know, they want their husband there for emotional support. The wife does. But to me, it doesn't make any sense in Mm -hmm. our situation to have Elisha getting up. I would way rather him be in a better mood and have more grace for my exhaustion the next day. Don't you think? Yeah. And I think that since we've kind of communicated that expectation with each other, I am far more hands-on during the daytime. And I think that in those newly, when you've got your newborn baby and you're in that newborn stage, I'm far more, I guess, proactive in making sure you rest throughout the day. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Elisha definitely takes care of me. It's definitely a team effort. I think that this question too could come from a place of bitterness though. If you haven't had that conversation with your husband, maybe you're bottle feeding, maybe, you know, I hear women a lot say it's not fair that they have to get up with the baby and Um, so that's worth a conversation. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling like it's not working for you, I would have a conversation and say, Hey, I'd love for you to get up with me, Yeah, you know, or or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I wouldn't stuff it down, I guess. Yeah. Have that that, conversation. Right. Because it's not your husband's fault if he's not getting up with you in his brain, he might be thinking, what's the point of me getting up with my wife? I mean, that's what I think. But you might need them there for emotional support Mm -hmm. or help, or maybe you're bottle feeding, or maybe there's a specific health condition or whatever. So I just have that conversation. Yeah. And I think start that conversation from from a standpoint of, of being on the same team. Openness. Yes. And yeah, not attacking your spouse. Yeah. Ever being like, Hey, can we come up with a game plan for this? Right. That's a win for both of you. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Okay. So how do you find, this is the second question. How do you find the time to keep yourself attractive physically and personality wise in times of stress? Wow. Well, I feel like Katie's really only the one that's qualified to answer that because you're attractive all the time. Oh yeah. Thank you very much. The stress of the situation. Unfortunately, we are videoing this episode so people can see <laughs> that we aren't attractive all the time. Yeah, we don't look too good right now. You're right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, I don't know. You work out consistently. Elisha's dad body is better than before he became a dad. I don't know. I had yes. some good years before I became a dad. Yeah, you did, but you have better years now. Well, thanks. I'm glad you think so. 
I mean, obviously, I think having uh, a spouse that you're trying to, I guess, impress, like that's really ultimately yeah. like I, it's fun to try to impress you. And I feel like you do the same with me. I definitely do. Where you try to impress me. That's motivation. And, uh, and it kind of feeds off each other. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. Like if one was motivated and the other wasn't, I think it would be hard to keep uh, that motivation. But since we both kind of like start, we it's like we both try to one up each other a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. You might always win in that category. No. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe like with the fitness thing, but you're so beautiful, you know, like and, and you take care, such good care of yourself. And I really appreciate that. Um, well, I think it goes with dating your spouse and being your spouse's girlfriend or boyfriend still mm-hmm. and flirting and dating and being attractive is something that I wanted to be to Elisha when we got married. And I put, well, when we were dating, I was trying to attract him and yeah, now I'm sitting in my house with little makeup and my hair's in a messy bun right now, but there's still a lot of times where I still want to attract him Mm -hmm. and I want to impress him. And I don't know if that's your motivation for me, but yeah, no, I feel, I think I feel similarly and, uh, you know, from like the health and fitness standpoint, I think that Katie and I were both brought up where that was a very normal thing um, yes. that we observed from our parents. My mom ran every single morning. I mean, I, I remember waking up as a kid for my earliest memories and I'd wake up at 730 or whatever at what time I woke up and she had already had her Bible time and gone and ran for like eight miles. And that was just literally every morning. That's what my mommy did. And my daddy was a very active guy. Not only did he work out in the woods as a logger, which kept him in shape, he also played basketball and he went to the gym and exercised. And I know that was the same that you, that you kind of witnessed from your parents where they really prioritized health, health and wellness and fitness. And so therefore us kids participated growing up. Wasn't it the same with you, Katie? Yeah, absolutely. Where like working out and being active and exercising wasn't like a punishment or it wasn't a chore. It was a fun family activity. To like go for runs together or do to, to do group workouts. Yeah, I miss room. that peer pressure for sure <laughs> yeah. of someone like I'm going on a run and it's like, wait, I'll grab my tennis shoes. I want to go with you. Yeah. And so I think that having that built in habit has been really beneficial to both you and I. Um, yeah. And I'm grateful for that. And I want to continue it on. It's not like it just automatically stays in your life. But I do think that that expectation of it being normal for parents that I mean, if I saw my mom with 10 children run every single day throughout the time of having 10 children, you know, the one-year-old, two-year-old, she was homeschooling children. And it was the same with you and your mom. And so when you've seen it be be done before, then therefore Mm -hmm. you just know it can be done. And so you're going to find a way, you're going to get creative to find a way to make it work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just seeing that healthy lifestyle as an example is definitely big. And I think regardless of whether it's times of stress or not, you have to find that motivation and it might be for yourself me, I'm way more motivated to look good for Elisha than to look good for myself personally. Obviously, it affects my self-esteem and how I feel, but just whatever that motivator is, you've got to have a why yeah, and a reason. Absolutely. But I think if you don't care what your spouse thinks about you, I'd look in a little deeper to that. You know, like if you stopped caring. Sure. If your spouse whether your spouse finds, you finds you attractive or not, I would really look into that because I feel like there should be a healthy caring yeah. Of what our spouse Wanting to think. attract your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So how do you create boundaries with in-laws? Wow. Well, you know what? We just recently did a podcast kind of on the in-law subject. You're in luck. We blabbed about that for about 30 minutes. Yeah. So was that, <laughs> oh man, I should have referenced that episode before. That was that episode five. 
I think so. Yeah, episode. If you check out episode five, so two episodes ago, um, we talked. I think just specifically about our in-law relationships, and um, and so I feel like you can probably get the answer to to how we feel about that in that podcast. Okay, so here's another question: What are you both insecure about with what you bring to the marriage? That's a great question. This one really made me think. Yeah, I think this one was a lot more. This was easy for me to think of, I guess, because um, this is a pretty reoccurring insecurity for me, and it has been since the beginning. Uh, maybe even going back to when we were dating, because uh, I don't know if any of you folks know Katie personally, but Katie is a driven young lady, and she is a you know people might say like type A personality, or she's a um, like take take charge type of personality, and as a result, she gets a lot done. And I don't view her wasting time or being um, complacent or being definitely not being lazy. And so witnessing that in dating and then in my early marriage, I was really insecure because there were things that I just enjoyed doing that when I looked at my life, when I would look at myself doing those things next to Katie, I'd think to myself, man, I'm being lazy because I enjoy going and catching up with a friend, you know, and, and chatting, chatting for a couple hours at a coffee shop, or I enjoy at the end of the day, uh, you know, watching a movie or a TV show, um, and, or reading, just reading. And Katie really enjoys, you truly do enjoy working. I do. Like you love projects. And so like at the end of the day, when the kids are in bed, you want to reupholster a chair or like write a book or just start working on something i want to watch my fair share of things too yeah i know we kind of have been consuming a lot of media lately um and so like three nights for sure yeah so that's really made me insecure because i've i guess there's this part of me that never feels like i do enough work when i if i if i find myself comparing myself to katie and i'll find myself being insecure because i'm like man i just i don't think i'm a hard worker because i see katie that she works from the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed. And I know that some of that work is stuff that you really enjoy, so you probably don't view it as work. Oh, yeah. And to me, like, an insecurity is something you feel. Obviously, it's a personal thing, mm-hmm. whether or not it's realistic or not. Because I'm always shocked whenever you mention that. Because one of my big motivators is you get up early, you work out, you spend time in God's Word, you work on projects. You work on like our future from nine to like 11 when you have to go to work and you don't get home till around 730. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, when I'm here at home, I will not feel guilty, but there'll be times where I don't want to stop working because I think Elisha's working right (laughs) now. I want to be getting something done. I don't just want to be a bum, you know, just because I can be here at the house. And that's one of my biggest motivators because I see you working so incredibly hard for our family. And I think that a big reason where we're at today and just how we're so well provided for is all because of how hard you work for us. Yeah, well, the Lord, the Lord really does provide because so many, I, I definitely want to put in the hours and I want to be diligent, but I mean, as far as provision goes, there's been so many just unforeseen blessings that have come into our life that are just, we have been blessed, just stuff that we couldn't plan on or, or predict for sure. But that said, I just, I guess it's so hard for me to see that insecurity because, or understand it, I guess Yeah. when yeah. I look at your life, right? And just how diligent you are. I think for me, 
there have been lots of little insecurities in our marriage. I think a lot of them stemmed from me idolizing almost, almost, not really almost. I did. (laughs) I idolized Elisha growing up. And as a result, I think I just, I didn't think I was pretty enough. I didn't think I was talented enough. Mm. You know, you're an incredible musician. And I think I'm really insecure about my music. Or I'm insecure about, um, thankfully, you've really encouraged me through all my pregnancies and just my body changing so many times and all that. And just loving me through all that. You make me feel beautiful. Which well, you always look so good. That's not true. (laughs) It is true. It's so true. Uh, But really, I I think you have just nulled that insecurity that was really big for me. Hmm. Um, And then I think there's a lot of things, just your skill set in communicating. Elisha's so good at communication. Anytime we do something new, like on video or this podcast, I start to think, Oh, great. Elisha's so good at communicating his thoughts. I jumble all over myself and I say things that I don't mean. <laughs> I sometimes I just like right now, I'm just blanking. <laughs> no. Well, that cracks me up. That insecurity right there. It, it's funny to me because I can remember listening back to our first podcast episode and I was so mad at myself because you sounded in my mind so brilliant and well-spoken and clear-headed and your thoughts were so i guess on point and well well articulated and i was getting annoyed with myself cuz i kept like talking over you or interrupting you and i'm like shut up Elisha. let katie sound brilliant cuz she is but that's really kind of you to say and i think that those words of affirmation are slowly making me more confident in our marriage for sure. And I just appreciate that so much. Good. And it's funny because even with your insecurity about music, I feel bad about that because I treat Katie like she is a peer of a musician and that's what makes her feel insecure. And I think this goes with anything. Like when you assume somebody's confident in, a, in whatever their craft is, then you don't think to encourage them or to you know speak words of affirmation um, over what they're doing. And so whenever we've tried to work on a song together, I view view you like as one of my siblings, who's one of my bandmates. Yeah, mates. that's not and, the case. <laughs> yes, and and so I'll kind of get on your I'll get on your case about you know like not having good rhythm or about missing a chord, which of course you're not like you haven't played as much music as I have. And so that that's really I mean that's not fair for me to do that. But it's funny that you're insecure because the fact that the reason that I speak to you in those ways is because I think of you as a better musician. Yeah. That's well, not fair. For those of you who don't know, Elisha is an incredible musician and I just kind of let him take that role in our family. Although I might sing on our CD, yeah. your CD, but well then it would become our CD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to make it ours. So, <laughs> okay. This one is, um, very personal. Uh Oh, how was your first time having sex? Oh, nice. So what do you want to say on that? Well, <laughs> this is a family program, so we can't say too much. Um, so Katie and I, yeah, both, I mean, we married as virgins, and it was our wedding night that, you know, the, all the expectation and all the heightened emotion, you know, was this was the pinnacle, right? Well, and let me say this, too. Elisha and I could barely keep our hands off each other. Yeah. 
going into this. Yeah, I felt like that was like I was the felt att- like pretty accomplished. The attraction was hardcore. Yeah, it still was. is. It, yeah, still <laughs> is. Uh, so it just felt like it took everything in us to to you know not cross that line prior to marriage, and so therefore you just assume, man, when the rings on the finger. And you go, you know, you go to your, I guess, your hotel room after, after the wedding, then just game on, right? And everything's just going to go just smoothly and it's going to be... No one thought to give us any thoughts to the contrary. Yeah, we were really naive because... Oh, yeah. I was very naive. You were naive. We didn't yeah. know what the heck... I didn't know what to expect. It was my first time being married <laughs> and, uh, and my last time. But it, it's funny because... So basically, we, we weren't able to... We didn't have sex. Yeah, on our first the night. night of our honeymoon. We tried like just uh, it was so gr- how stressful that was so stressful. It was. Oh, that word. That's like thinking <laughs> going, about that again. Okay, if I were stressful. to go into it again, and I've told other girls who are virgins um, this before, don't have the ex- expectation. I was going to say exception. Don't have the expectation of having sex, and then it can just be fun and you can enjoy each other. And if it happens, it happens. And I think if we hadn't had that expectation necessarily of it needs to happen now, we were both so exhausted and emotionally frazzled. I was further apart emotionally to Elisha than I had been for weeks. We didn't get a lot of time to talk on our, um, the the week before our wedding, we just didn't hang out that much. There were too many people in town. Quality times, my love language and, I don't know. I was just feeling more distant than I'd, mm-hmm. I'd ever been. And I just think there's so much pressure leading up to that event that if you could just, if we just enjoyed the night and yeah. said, hey, we're going to enjoy cuddling and hanging out, yep. it would have happened. Yep. I really do. There was right. just so, there was just so much stress and, yeah, and pressure. Yep, but, you know, I think I just hear these comments from people out there and they say things like, well, how are you going to know if, if you wait until marriage to have sex, how are you going to know if they're good at it or not? And to me, that is like the stupidest question ever. Like sex is something you get better at Mm -hmm. and it's something that you grow in. It's a skill. Mm -hmm. And if you compared our first night to where we're at now, it's just not comparable. Okay. Let's just say that. Well, I'm excited because I think we're just going to continue to get better and better and better. I think so, too. It's not something where you're just, it's static and Mm -hmm. it's just, oh, you can do it or you can't, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think as you get more comfortable with your spouse and you get more confident with your spouse, I was so insecure on our wedding night. Mm -hmm. And I just think, yeah, you can't expect to have it all together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that I would have probably tried to have that mindset as well on our wedding night. Um, just knowing that it, you have so much time and you do you have your whole life, yeah, you have your whole lives and your whole marriage to get it all figured out. And so I think I would have taken that pressure away from both of us mm-hmm. and not have any expectation. And, um, and like you said, I think what would have, you know, transpired would have been fun, you know, and it would have, oh, yeah. like, whatever it would have been, would have been great. Um, but as it, as it was like, it was not a good experience for us. No, it's it wasn't. Fun. I mean, we can laugh about it and now that's easily. The thing. Like that's it was... the thing. Like, so it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. It was probably every stereotype maybe of like what two virgins would be like on their wedding night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think that would be me. Sure. Yeah. Neither I didn't did think I. I'd have any I know. problems. Neither did I. Yeah. Um, I wasn't scared or 
I guess I was still very attracted to Elisha. I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel scared or, or nervous or yep. anything. I felt comfortable with him. But I just, regardless of whether all those stories or those stereotypes are true, it can be incredible. After that. After oh, that. Oh, yeah, you grow and into it. And I think it. it was like four days. I think it took us like four days. Yeah. And we it's got like, pregnant a week later. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, and it's just gotten better every single day since then. And I think that that's why we can have confidence now and not being embarrassed about our wedding night or not being no. embarrassed about, uh, you know, being married as virgins. Cause I know that I definitely got, you know, kind of razzed as, as a guy, you know, mm-hmm. as I got into my twenties and, you know, I was in my early twenties and I was a virgin and, and some, you know, different guys would know it with non-Christian guys and they would just give me a hard time. They would, Say like, man, you're going to, you know, embarrass yourself on your wedding night. And um, to me, it's like I'd way rather embarrass myself or whatever you want to call it with the woman that I know I'm going to be with for the rest of my life so that therefore she can I, I can be vulnerable with you. I was vulnerable with you. I was transparent with you. And then we were able to grow from there. And there's I don't regret yeah. anything. Um, I don't regret anything about that. It's just been so much more. I guess it's, it's added so much more color and flavor to our story and to growing in that aspect. And of our I life. think it's so cool that those memories we have with each other. Oh yeah. 100%. And we can laugh about That's them right. and we could talk about them yeah. and we know how far each other have come. Yep. And I think it's so fun. That's part of the joy of marriage is figuring out every aspect of life together. And I think of how heartbreaking it would be for me, not that the Lord doesn't give fresh starts and new beginnings because he does. And that's incredible. That's right. You are simply a new creation. Yes. And regardless of what your story is sexually, Christ gives you freedom and newness of life, which is so incredible. But I think it's just an abundant blessing to have Elisha have those memories with me and me have those memories with him. Yeah. And it's, it's not with anyone else. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it is something we could talk about and laugh about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there was that. Yeah. Um, let's jump into a few date nine questions real quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're almost done here. So how often do you go on date nights? Staying home counts. And I just want to say that for Elisha and I staying at home doesn't really count. Yeah. I, I think uh, it's different for every I, couple. I know for a fact it's different for, for different couples because we've got close friends or relatives that yes. love stay-at-home dates. Like they love putting the kids to bed and then having their little date time. And we've talked about this. It could be a stage of life thing. Yeah. Because Elisha and I are used to having our evenings together because yeah. our kiddos go to bed early. Right. So it's not necessarily an out of the ordinary time to focus on each other and be really intentional. We yeah. don't kick into like date night mode Yeah. where maybe if we had five kids or if our kids stayed up later or stuff like that, we might Yep. and we might in our future. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause now if we stay at home in the evening, we just stay kind of in work mode or in project mode or in, we still have, think about the chores and, and just the, yeah. Or we might like world. watch a movie or something, but that's not really building our relationship. Yeah. Like intentional conversation. Is. Yeah. So for us, a date means a babysitter and we get out of the house and we usually, we get a meal usually. Yeah. And, um, we have a couple hours to really just focus on each other and just connect. And so Katie and I have been really blessed to have your parents living in the same town that we live in Yeah. for the first two, well, I guess now three years of our marriage. Um, 
and we've we've given birth to their first grandchildren, and so they're always open and always thrilled to be able to babysit for free, which is a huge blessing because I know that yes. you know even affording a babysitter can become a, a real issue. Um, and I could see that being the case for us, especially, well, especially in those early years, well, we didn't have yeah. babysitting money. But I do want to say this now, my parents have been gone for a few months and we still do our date nights Yeah, and was, we pay to have babysitters. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to get to that. Oh yeah. For sure. Sorry. No, it's okay. You just got to the punchline. Maybe you should just take over from no, here. No, no, no. Stop. Okay. No. So Katie and I have been able to do re- pretty consistently a weekly date night for, for the first three years of our marriage with the exception of the last two and a half months uh, because Katie's mm-hmm. family's been gone. They're on a ski trip. Actually, you guys can follow them, the big, big ski family.com. They're skiing around the whole Western United States. Um, and th- this has been a new challenge for us because they left back in December and we've really struggled to, to find consistent date nights. I think we've gone on three dates since they left. Um, well, really two and a half. No, we've gone on at least three. Three? Yeah, has it been? Okay, yeah. Yeah, we've gone on three. Oh, that's right, because your birthday. Yeah. That was awesome. We've gone on, yeah. I feel like, four. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's been least. four. So uh, maybe we've averaged every other week. I think we have. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, so nice. It's just more challenging to get people's schedules to line up. Like babysitters? Yeah, yes. but I will say this. It's such a huge priority to us. And I've been really grateful my parents have been gone, actually, because I don't want to say we go on dates because my parents are here. Yeah. Because it is such a crucial part of our relationship growing and staying romantic. And I mean, we talk about dressing up for your spouse, going out on a date is a reason to dress up. It's hard when it's like, okay, we're just going to chill here tonight. And you know, we've done that some nights, but it's like a reason to do something special and to feel like you are flirting and you are dating yeah, and you aren't just doing life in a regular way. Oh yeah. It changes it up. It just feels out of your daily routine and that gets some of those. It's funny. It does bring up some of those dating emotions and it feelings, uh, which is fun. I want to open the door for you and you, you want to like stay in the parking lot a little bit extra long and make out, you know, and it was just fun. And, um, I don't know. It's fun. It is. It's really fun. So I would, I mean, I want to prioritize these regardless of our financial situation or regardless of how easy it is to find babysitters. That is a big priority for us. Yeah, because over these last two and a half months, we've kind of like, we've gotten pretty desperate with trying to find babysitters. Yes. Because we're we're a part of a small church and like the couple available babysitters get like snatched up in a heartbeat. They're always occupied uh, by the other families, the other couples in our church. And so we have to like fight to get a babysitter, you know, that we're comfortable with. And, uh, but we've been blessed with, with some awesome babysitters. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know why. I'm... It <laughs> yeah, is awesome. Duh, of yeah. course it's awesome. Okay. So a couple more questions here and we'll end it. Our camera battery died. So oh. it's <laughs> telling us it's time to go. It's time to wrap this thing up. Okay. Real quick, in a couple sentences, what do you do for affordable dates? Oh. Maybe just a couple ideas. Okay, cool. Um, Katie and I love going to the library. We love going to Barnes & Noble. In the summertime, we love going on walks around the river, or we'll go to different hikes, uh, and those are usually always all free. Um, Like, if we want to get food and do one of those things, we'll maybe go to Chipotle. Chipotle is the best. Yeah, because I can get like a full... What's great is that Katie loves getting their uh, just bean and cheese burrito at Chipotle. You guys, it's $2. $2, and it's a lot of food, and that's all she wants. It's huge. Like, usually, usually all you want to eat. Yes. And I'll get like a full burrito, 
And so it's like $9 and, um, and then we'll go walk the river trail or we'll, or we'll go to the library, um, and read. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So last question. All right. Do you ever have the problem of feeling someone's not pulling their weight? Hmm. Man, like that's, I feel like that question, uh, as you know, it's interesting. Obviously I don't know where this question's coming from, like the place in which this question's asked. Um, but it just, it's, to me, it feels like, like a negative way to, mm-hmm. to approach any, any potential problem or situation. Uh, cause I know that Katie and I definitely do not believe in 50, 50 marriage, meaning, you know, everybody's got both, you know, both partners have to give 50% or you have to give equal weight. Um, it's just a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that hundred percent is going to look different all the time. It's going to be dynamic where, it may be from the outside. It looks like one person's doing way more and the other person's doing way less. Or, and then, you know, a couple of years later you, you, you know, you take another snapshot and you're thinking, man, this, the roles are reversed. This person's doing way more and the other person's doing way less. And, uh, and I think that's just the nature of life depending on the season. And if you've got the vision and the, the, I guess the conviction that you are one, then it's, you're working towards the same goal. You, you are mm-hmm. a team. And so, you know, sometimes when you're in a game, there's the one guy that gets, you know, if you're playing a basketball game, one guy might get 27 shots in and you only get three shots in. And that's just that game. And he might get the game winner, too, and get all the credit for it. But that's one game. And, and then the next game, you know, you might both get 14 shots in in that game. <laughs> I am so lost on this sports. Analogy. Well, what I'm saying is that like when you're but but when you're a team. You, you're not really caring who's getting the shots oh, in or who's yeah. not or who's playing better defense or who's playing Everyone more defense. probably got that on the it, podcast. It's for, it's for the team, and it's always going to look different in each, you know, in each game. Maybe that's not a good analogy. I, didn't, no, I was just trying to come up it, with something. I do think it is good. When you started going into the points, I just started glazing over. Yeah. And <laughs> no, but you're so right. Sorry, but you, could, you probably have something to share to this. No, well, I just think when you picture – someone going 50% and going someone going 50%. As soon as someone goes 49%, there's a gap. There's a gap in the relationship. There's feelings being hurt. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, mistakes being made. When you think of that hundred percent and a hundred percent, there's so much crossover. And like you said, there's times when Elisha's going 75% and he is, and I may be doing 25% of the work, but in the end, we're both working together as a team. And like you said, there's just different times when that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think a hundred percent just allows for so much more grace for your spouse Mm -hmm. and just not having that 50, 50 mindset. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's just, so when you've got a unified vision and it's just so crazy how much I feel like Katie's working for us when you're working. And I feel like, I'm working for us. Mm -hmm. And when you're resting, I feel like you're resting for us. Mm -hmm. And when I get rest in, I'm like, this is for us. This is for our family. And, uh, I think that's, that's been a helpful mindset. Obviously, if you feel overworked, if you feel exhausted, if you feel at the end of your ropes or underappreciated, underappreciated, I think you do need to find a way to communicate that in, in a gracious way, you know, not Mm -hmm. in a way that's attacking or trying to, you know, I guess, yeah, convince somebody that Anytime they're doing less. Anytime you have a conversation telling someone like, hey, I feel like you aren't pulling your weight, it's not going to go well, I think. Well, if you want to get, yeah, I mean, I think that you could, 
I think you can have that conversation, but I definitely wanted to approach it that way. Sure. Yeah. I'd be like, Hey, so I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with the kids or yep. with whatever, having to come home and, you know, make dinner after my day or whatever, and just communicating it like, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Is there a way that we can fix this yeah. or change things versus like, how come you never make dinner when I come home yeah. or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. That makes sense. Yeah. But approaching it from uh, a mindset of, Hey, we're one here and I, yes. and I want to, the fact is that I don't think there's any way that I can fully appreciate all that Katie does. Like, I just don't know the ins and outs of what she does on a day to day basis. And so if I, if I ever had, which I never have come close to feeling this way because I always think you do so much work, but if I ever felt like, okay, Katie's slacking off, I think my first thought would be, I don't know all that Katie does actually. And I think that I would approach that conversation not from, hey, you're not, you're not pulling your weight or you're slacking off. I would probably try to approach it from like, you know, I feel like I'm doing a lot right now. I don't know if there's any margin in your day for you to take this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then that just starts a conversation rather than somebody getting defensive and somebody, you know, being the, uh, the aggressor. Yeah, it's so true. We live different lives for parts of our day. Yep. And it's hard to tell, you know, what someone's even doing. Yep. So I think this probably comes from a feeling of underappreciation. Yeah. And I think you're so good to appreciate me. And I want to appreciate you and affirm you for what you're doing so that there isn't that desperation of looking for why aren't you appreciating what I'm doing? Hmm. I'm doing all the work here, hmm. which I've never felt. So yeah. I guess I can't really relate to that. Yeah. That was the last question. Yeah. That was the last one we're going to answer tonight. Of, there yeah. were a few more, but we're going long. So yeah. ultimately communication in marriage, right? <laughs> yeah, It yes. all comes down to communication. communication. <laughs> it's everything. And having grace, tons of grace and having the long game in mind, you know, knowing that this is a journey, and, uh, you know, it's just for, so for Katie and I, we're still in the first quarter, you know, of, of this game. And, and so I don't want to look at the scoreboard now and make, mm-hmm. you know, make our conclusion based off of the scoreboard now, what it says now, mm-hmm. we've got three more quarters to play. Um, and so it's really where you want to be in the fourth quarter when the time expires. I <laughs> just cracking me up with these sports. You guys, I just want to say when I said I wasn't getting his sports analogy, that's just because when he starts talking about sports, my brain just turns off. It's not because it wasn't a good analogy. Okay. It probably was not a good analogy. I think I regret it already. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's wrap this thing up folks. Thank you for listening. This has been really fun. And I mean, you know, I don't know what platform you're listening to this podcast on, but I do want to let you know that we're on Spotify. We're on Google play. We're on Stitcher. Uh, so feel free to, you know, tell your friends if they, if they don't have, if they didn't have the platform before that they could listen to our podcast uh, maybe they do now if they're able to access one of those platforms. Also, I just want to thank you all for leaving reviews, for clicking on those five stars and giving us a rating, and then also writing out some of the most thoughtful, kind reviews. You guys just really encourage us to keep this going. Big time. I think that was a few, it was a few days ago that we were talking about doing this, po- this podcast episode, and you're like, oh, let me read you these reviews really quick, and it put so much wind in my sails. It gave me so much joy because some of you folks – have written such thoughtful and meaningful uh, reviews. And so I'm really grateful for that. Yes. Thank you so, so much. Thank you a bunch. All right. Well, you guys have an awesome day or an awesome night. I guess it's nighttime for us. So we're going to call it a night, go to bed and, uh, and have an awesome day tomorrow. Right on you guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye.